Did you know that there are misconceptions and myths about prepping? Are you making mistakes that are jeopardizing your life and the life of your family? We'll talk about that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're going to be talking about some real interesting topics today about what's true and what's not true and what might be true and just what do you believe and what have you heard. A lot of myths and misconceptions and mistakes are floating around out there. We're hearing them. We're talking about them with each other. And we want to dive in and explore this topic with you and maybe get your thoughts on the subject as well. So, Mark, hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You had a good day? I had a good day. Did you have a good day? I had a very good day today. A little bit tiring, but it was a very, very good day. It's always refreshing to sit down and do a podcast. Mm -hmm. I love doing podcasting with you. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the first myths that the non-prepping community has is that preppers are paranoid and afraid. You know, many people think that to be a prepper means you're afraid of absolutely everything, terrified of every kind of emergency, anything from storms to societal collapse. You know, we can't do anything about storms happening. They're going to happen. A lot of things that people worry about actually never happen. That's a proven fact. Doctors have often tried to help people understand that they're fraught with worry and most of what they've worried about never takes place. This episode is sponsored by ProLine Digital Group. ProLine Designs is becoming ProLine Digital Group, bringing all their services together. Apps, design, digital marketing, and web services. Do you have a business, a church, or an organization that needs an app? ProLine Digital Group. They can design logos for your company. They can help you start a podcast and provide artwork. They can build, maintain, and host your website. ProLine Digital Group. They can also assist with digital marketing. They have lead generation. This will bring more leads for your product or service. Are you self-employed? For example, are you a landscaper, a painter, a roofer, a builder, a real estate agent? Or are you a representative for a corporation? ProLine Digital Group. Check them out. They're linked on our website and the show notes. There was a Texas state trooper that stopped a little lady on a traffic stop one day. And as many of us do when we approach the vehicle, we ask, are there any weapons in the vehicle? And she said, uh, yes, sir. There's a thirty-eight in my purse. He says, is that all? She said, well, I've got a forty-five on my hip. And he said, are there any others? She said, well, there's a three eighty in the glove box. He said, ma'am, what are you afraid of? She said, nothing. <laughs> That's kind of where a lot of people think that we are afraid or we're paranoid. And actually about the only thing that preppers are really afraid of is that something might happen and we'll not be able to protect and provide for our families. In fact, the reason we prep is so that we don't panic and become afraid, Mm -hmm. that we can face the things that are unexpected with some calm and resolve 
and a plan. Yeah, and, you know, that's a reason many people carry firearms is not because they're afraid something will happen. But most of us carry a firearm in case something does happen. And again, it's about protecting ourselves and our families. If we are faced with an attacker that is much larger than us, armed with a knife or a bat, we have not a lot of chance. Most of us don't have a lot of chance hand-to-hand in that situation. And that carrying a firearm really is about going home at the end of the day. Well, it is. I don't know how many stories out there of private citizens or off-duty law enforcement that just happen to be sitting with their family in a restaurant and a thug walks in with a brandishing a weapon and demands everyone give up their jewelry and their wallets and then they threaten to shoot and they've got that it's an actual firearm and the armed legal citizen is able to stop that threat. And how many times have someone gone into a convenience store and they don't find anybody there? And then when the police come and search, they find dead bodies in the cooler where they have taken them to the cooler and basically executed them there. Now, I'm not going to say they won't kill me, but I'm going to give them a pretty good run for their money. I'm not going to go into a cooler or something like that. I'm not going to be put in a trunk and taken away somewhere. There's just too many things. But it's not because we're paranoid and afraid. It's because we are prepared. There's another myth that says that preppers are basically very selfish people, only thinking about themselves, you know, my four and no more, me, 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 forget you, that sort of thing. Yeah, but we weren't the ones that were panic buying and hoarding all of the toilet tissue during the COVID. Uh, that's true. We, I don't think we've panic bought anything. I don't either. We have always purchased what we needed ahead of time. We've always added a little bit extra to our prepper pantry so that we have that food on hand. We had a stash. I, I hesitate to use that word, but we had a stock of toilet tissue And it simply comes from us buying two packs. And when we go through the first one and we open the second pack, we replace the other one. Well, it's because we have a system. Mm -hmm. It's a systematic, slow, additional type of a process. And it works for us that way. You know, at any given time, we didn't have $3,000 to drop on instant get everything prep. We're adding two cans of soup. We're adding a bag of rice. You know, once a week, a systematic... We still don't have $3,000 to drop on prepping at the drop of a hat. Well, you know, and I'm not trying to toot our own horn here, but do you remember that when we were setting up family members for prepping, we pulled from our own pantry because we had a great deal left over, a lot of reserve. And so it's not at all selfish to give from what you have to help Mm -hmm. someone else. And some of the other things that we provided to them, we purchased with our funds, not with theirs. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So So it's not being selfish. Right. Preppers are not a a, a greedy, selfish group of people. They are a prepared, reasonable group of people. And we're not at all beyond going into our own pantry and pulling out a sack of food for someone that we know is in need of food. It happens all the time. We, We would be more than happy to do that. Now, here's another one, and this... This one's kind of funny to me, but and the myth is that preppers hide in bunkers. Yeah, that if you're a prepper, you're in a bunker somewhere down below the ground with your little pipe of air and your 
a ham radio and you have shut yourself off from the known world and that's what a prepper is. When the truth is, most of us don't have a bunker. True. Most of us don't. There's probably less than one in 10,000 preppers that actually have a bunker. Now, some have storm shelters. Oh, storm shelter is a great idea, but there's a big difference in a storm shelter and a bunker. Oh, absolutely. And I still believe that worldwide, you'll find that fewer preppers actually have a storm shelter Mm -hmm. either. Most of them, like us, will utilize our own home for safety during a storm. Right. What's the next one? Preppers want something bad to happen. No, we don't. We just want to be prepared if something bad does happen. And we know some things are going to happen. Weather. Yeah, and weather often brings power outages. I know you did 10-day power outage one time. I did a 7-day power outage another time. And we want to be prepared for those types of things, and that's why we prepare. Yes, and also, we touched on it just a moment ago with supply chain issues. We want to be able to stock food and water and the necessary nutrition that we'll need when we have an opportunity to get it because of the supply chain going a little thin once in a while. That helps keep us from having to scrounge around and and search and hope and pray and wring our hands. That's just not what we want to do. Yeah, heaven help us if there's no spaghetti in the grocery store. (laughs) He's always teasing me about spaghetti. I could eat spaghetti morning, noon, and night. I don't know why. It must be my comfort food for my soul, I guess, I suppose. Well, let me illustrate it this way. And we've told y'all we have weird divorces, and her husband and I are friends, and she is friends with my first wife. And her first husband called here one day, and I answered the phone, and he said, What you doing? I said, I'm having dinner. He said, let me guess, spaghetti. And we all just laughed and laughed. And we were actually having spaghetti. We were. (laughs) Just one of those things. (laughs) Well, anyway, back to what we were talking about. With preppers wanting something bad to happen, uh, that's a very, it's almost an insult, I would say, because we definitely are the type of people that wish and hope and pray bad things don't happen. Yeah, but you've got to be prepared. And we mentioned those weather issues, but, you know, from time to time, you're going to have a dead battery. Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to have a flat tire. Right. You're going to have some broken plumbing. We've gone through that this year. Mm -hmm. You're going to have some structural damage, perhaps, from a flood, a fire, or high winds, or a storm. Yeah, a limb could come through the ceiling, whatever. Mm -hmm. And and we, So we have a couple of tarps here just for that purpose. Well, I think that's another reason why we put that phrase on our book, the common sense guide to life's emergencies, because it's not an if thing, it's a when. Mm-hmm. Someone out there today is going to slip and break their ankle. Somebody out there today is going to find out that they've lost their job. Someone has found out that their landlord is selling the house and they have to move. I mean, in some respects, that right there could be somebody's emergency. It could you might be. be getting 30 days to get out. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. So got to be prepared. That emergency fund would come in handy because as we've found a number of times just in the six and a half years we've been married is that it costs a lot of money to move. Well, if you think you're saving money by doing it yourself, think again. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll never. We spent yeah. what we could have hired a company to move <laughs> from North Carolina down And nearly here. broke our backs doing it, too. We did. Yeah. We did. But here, Okay, I'm going to jump into another myth. 
and I've heard this one. I've had someone confront us about this type of thing. And so the myth is that all preppers are heavily armed. Well, the truth is some preppers are heavily armed. Yeah, I wish we were one of them. But it's because there's a belief that perhaps at some point others might try to take your food, your supplies, or they may be a threat to your family. And it is a possibility, but we don't need 15 AR-15s and 20,000 rounds of ammo between us to protect ourselves. No. We're not going to go out and hunt zombies. And, you know, although I think the alien zombie frogs would be fun, but you just need a net for those. And we're not about to tell anyone how many or how few firearms you should possess. That's your personal decision. Well, I found out the proper mathematical formula for how many guns you should own. Oh, really? The number you have now plus one. Ah, I get it. There's always room for one more. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, some preppers are heavily armed, but more preppers are likely to be moderately armed, and that is that they're probably going to have a handgun, a rifle for hunting, a shotgun for sport or for hunting, and it's not like everybody's got 20, 30, 40, or 100 guns. Right. Most preppers will have one, two, or three if they carry firearms. Mm-hmm. But a lot of folks will only have one gun, one handgun. Mm-hmm. That's the one that they have for home and self-defense. And it might be that they have a shotgun in the closet, and that's all they have. Now, if you're one of those, that's fine. The only mm-hmm. thing I would tell you is to make sure you know where the shells are and you're able to load that thing quickly or be able to operate it if you need to. And to always store it safely mm-hmm. away from children or for those for whom you would not want them to put their hands on it. Yeah, and a lot of preppers and non-preppers alike carry daily just in case. And in today's society, that's not a bad idea. It really it really isn't. Now, here's the thing. There are many preppers out there that do not own any firearms of any description. They've been told, oh, you can't be a prepper without guns. Sure you can. You can be a prepper and not own a firearm. Here's a for instance. All of the documents from FEMA, the Red Cross, the CDC, they all put out guidelines for being prepared. And not one of those guidelines mentions anything about firearms. And one reason is most of them are government agencies and they don't want us to have firearms. But that's a totally different thing. But remember, prepping is a personal thing. You make it what you want. Here's another myth. You have to be a certain type of person to be a prepper. And the myth is that preppers are basically one of these three kinds. The first are survivalists, you know, stinky, dirty people with long, shaggy beards. Another one would be a bushcrafter, you know, kind of the MacGyver of the woods. You give them a tarp and a roll of paracord and they can build an entire village overnight. And then the third kind is like a revolutionary who wants to overthrow the government. Yeah, I don't want to overthrow the government. I just want the government to have some integrity. I would like to throw out some government officials, some elected officials. There are some that I think have taken us down the wrong road, and I'd like to see those replaced but not overthrown. There's a legal way to do this, and that is through the ballot box and I would encourage everybody to be involved in voting, voting once, 
voting in your local elections, voting in your state elections, your federal elections. But I want to see the government come back to being what the Constitution says we will be. And I do not, would not, will not stand in support of overthrowing the government. Well, and with the view of preppers, the mythical view is that they're survivalist bushcrafters or revolutionaries. You know what, Mark? The normal prepper, the average prepper, are regular folks just like you and me. They're, they work, they stay home, they raise children, they go to school. They are, some of them are young teenagers in middle school. They're retired people. They come in every culture, every ethnicity. They're just regular, average, ordinary people who aren't any of these survivalist bushcrafters or revolutionaries. They're yeah. just sensible people who've decided to become prepared. And the only type of person that you need to be to be a prepper is somebody that has a recognition that things do happen and to have a desire to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. If you carry a set of jumper cables in your car, you're a prepper. Right. You're prepared in case you have a dead battery. You may have to get somebody to help you jump it off because it takes two cars usually unless you have a battery box. But that's all it takes is a recognition that things happen and have a desire to be prepared for that. Okay, what's our next myth? The next myth is that all preppers are prepping for the end of the world. Mm. Well, most of us are not, but some are. Mm -hmm. And some forums and groups are... Some of the folks are already trying to get ready for nuclear war over the Russian-Ukrainian thing. Yes, there's people that are on social media, and they're absolutely terrified of nuclear war. They're they're already talking about bugging out, and my question is to where? I mean, what's what's wrong? Because America right now is not under threat. And why? Why would mm-hmm. you want to leave the safety of your home right now? Now, if you've got a cabin stocked in the middle of 40 acres, go for it. If, if we had one, we'd call it our vacation house. Mm-hmm. But there, there's no reason to be fearful right now. Although there are those that are prepping for the end of the world and they plan to survive the apocalypse and they've got five years of food stored thousands of gallons of water and every piece of gear known to preppers, and they expect the alien frog attacks to begin. Well, there's always going to be that type of person. And I suppose that even 100 or 200 or even 500 years ago, there was that type of person, the the doomsday prepper, the, you know, judgment is nigh type person. We know that there is an end to all things. We understand that. Yeah, none of us gets out of this life alive. Back to back to Earth. We don't want to scare you. We want to prepare you. And we just want it to be a practical, sensible process. Just ordinary, reasonable, thinking, sensible people doing normal, reasonable, sensible things. And remember, God is in control. None of this is catching him by surprise. None mm-hmm. of this is going without his notice. He does care, and he is in control We've already made the end of our time preparations. Right, right. Whether it comes in a total destruction of the earth and we die through that, or if we die at 106 years old from old age, we've made those preparations and that 
comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Which gives us a lot of peace. It does give us a lot of peace, and we we know what comes after this. All right, let's talk about some mistakes. Okay, here's one. Guns, gear, and ammo are all you need. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guns, ammo, that's all you need. All you need is guns and ammo. Bullets, band-aids, and beans. You like my you like my rough country, like redneck voice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what you really have to have? Can you talk like that later? Mm, hush now. <laughs> Here's what you really have to behave. Here's what you have to have. You need water. You need food. You need shelter. You need first aid or medical supplies. And you need a skill set or several skill sets. The ones that think that gear, guns, and ammo is all you'll need. These are the ones that sometimes say that I'll just take what I need. Oh, yeah. I've actually seen that written in a form as well. It said, if I need something, I'm coming to your house and I'm just going to take it. And that's not a prepper. No. That's a selfish thug. Right. And if that's you, if your game plan is to store a lot of beans, bullets, and Band-Aids and take what you want from others afterwards... Just turn the podcast off. We don't want you. you. You don't have a place in practical prepping podcast because we're about being prepared for the things to be self-sufficient, not to take from others. And I'll also give you this warning. If you're trying to go and take what you need from everybody when you want to, you're going to meet somebody that's bigger, badder, or better armed than you are. And you're not going to make it that long. I think that's true. Another myth is that you can live in the woods by your bushcraft skills alone. Like, in time, much of the food sources will be depleted if many head for the woods. Yeah, if you've got half the United States heading for the woods, there's just not going to be that many deer left in 30 days. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what season it is. and you food, Your family's hungry. You put food on the ground if you can. But it's going to be a problem. Uh, the food source is going to run small and it's hard enough to find deer in the woods for the average hunter to kill during hunting season. Well, there's also a lot of dangers in the woods, too. Oh, yeah. There's poisonous snakes. There's toxic plants. There's nasty little critters and ants and all sorts of parasites and protozoa. I mean, think about it. You know, that doesn't sound like a good plan. No, and also living only on the food you can find in the woods. It makes a poor diet. It does, because, you know, humans were not designed to live and eat the food that a deer eats or a rabbit or a squirrel. And you're not going to be getting all of the minerals and all of the different things that we need in our diets, and we get them from eating balanced diets. And if you're living a bushcrafter survivalist um, lifestyle in the woods, you're just not going to have that kind of a diet. So that's not going to work. Another myth or a misconception would be that a prepper is a lone wolf, you know, kind of like a Rambo-style character. Uh, Generally, it's been, they've actually studied this, it's found that many that have that sort of conception, or misconception, I should say, would actually not fare very well in a grid-down or emergency situation. Not for long, anyway, because let's say you've got a supply Somebody's got to guard that while you sleep. Somebody's got to be on the lookout, and you have to sleep sometime. Yeah, well, what if you get a deep, punctury wound in your back? 
it's very hard to do that kind of first date on yourself. You know, it's, that lone wolf mentality can be quite dangerous, if not fatal. And how many can set their own broken bones? Ooh, yikes. Which, that is painful, no matter who sets it. But right. anyway, now another one, and I see this in forums and groups from time to time, and that's being unwilling to bug out or unwilling to bug in. There are times to stay put. You mentioned it a while ago. We're hearing a lot in the forums of people planning to bug out at the first hint of problems. In those situations, you're usually safer to stay put and hunker down. Regardless of what comes against us, if we can stay home and bunker in or bug in, we're better off to do that. I've always understood that bugging out is the absolute last resort, not first resort. Absolutely. Unless you've got that cabin in the woods on 40 acres and you're already where it's time to take a vacation, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with that. We don't have it. We're going to be right here. But, you know, there's times to leave. I've seen people say, I won't bug out for any reason. I'm going to ride out this hurricane. Yeah, and it's a cat five. Mm, Uh, Bad idea. If you're going to do that, please write your name and contact info on your arm so we know who to call after we find the body. Sometimes you just can't stay put. You mentioned hurricanes, wildfires. You can't stay on a wildfire if, if you don't have the ability to keep your place from getting on fire. You've got to go. And some folks get hurt or killed trying to go because they waited too long. Oh, we were just watching a, a program on TV a day or two ago about mega disasters, and it was talking about Mount St. Helens. And I remember there were people on that mountain, specifically that guy, his name was Harry Truman, which I thought was a little funny because he's named you know, after the president. He refused to go, and they found him later because he absolutely refused to leave. They couldn't force him to leave his home. He was told straight up, this is dire. You will not survive if you stay here. He said, I don't care. And so that's what happened. And then other people that are just adamant about not bugging out when everything tells you that your safety is completely compromised if you stay. Yeah. And one of the great examples is that is hazmat spills. You know, if you stop and think about what goes up and down our roads and trucks and what goes through our towns and cities on Mm -hmm. trains and such, there are large quantities of things being transported that will kill you and will kill you without you ever seeing it coming. And so if the police knock on the door and say, you've got three minutes to get out, my only question is, Where is it? I want to know if it's north, south, east, or west of us, because if it's east, we're going west. If it's north, we're going south. Yes, you always want to travel in the opposite direction of the emergency. Now, here's a mistake, and that is being a keyboard warrior prepping instead of getting training. You know, Call of Duty does not qualify you as combat-capable Absolutely. And when the target shoots back, it's a whole lot different. Exactly. I mean, it's you're you're trying to believe that you are a capable prepper when all you're doing is just keyboard warrior and you're not training, you're not practicing, you're not living, you're not exhibiting what a true prepper would be and what a true prepper would do. 
Yeah, you have no stress sitting there in your chair playing Call of Duty. It's just no stress. Your Mm -hmm. life is not on the line. Well, psychologically, when you're playing a video game, I don't care how real it may feel, your mind can always tell you this is a game. It's not real. This is not, you're not in any danger. It it can. Now, there are scenario based firearms training simulators that are very, very realistic. And one of the things the last time I shot on the state's FATS machine is that they have added an airsoft gun down below that the controller can aim at you. So if you're not using your cover like you should, He'll pop you with that airsoft. You actually feel a a projectile. You you get hit, and it hurts. I mean, it's about like those simunitions. But the mind, going through simulations, and we've talked not too long ago about the Olympic athletes and how they visualize, and the mind can't really tell a lot of difference between the visualization and the reality. But the problem is, is that the visualization does not add any skills. See, I can sit up there and I can visualize this ski slope and the jumps and the turns and the twists, and I can visualize that over and over and over and over in my mind until I know that ski course. But the problem is I'm probably not going to get 10 feet out of the gate, and I'm going to be on my bottom. You know, yet you're not not actually wearing those skis. I don't have the skills, and that's what I'm saying about things like Call of Duty. You may learn some things from it, but you don't generate the skills in doing that. That's true. Another mistake for a prepper would be to keep every bit of your preps in one single place. And a lot of us are guilty of that. Well, I think a lot of times we keep a majority, like for example, my prepper pantry is our largest prepper area, but we have other prepper stashes throughout the house and the garage. But they're all in one house. Well, yes, I understand what you're saying. That's where part of the problem comes in is in a tornado or a fire or a flood, you could lose all of your preps at one time. Well, that's true. And I mean, I guess it's a risk. It's a it's a a risk slash not risk. You've got to just weigh each one on its merit. You, You do. And the point being, if you can find off-site storage for some of your preps, it's a good thing to do. Now, you can't go rent a non-temperature controlled building, storage building, to be able to store your food. That won't work. And you can store some gear there. Or you can have a friend nearby and you can store some things at their house and they can store some things at your house. Or back to this being willing to help each other out, something happens to you, we'll take care of you. Something happens to us, you take care of us. You know what one of the biggest mistakes someone could make? What's that? Not following and sharing practical prepping podcasts. I will agree with that. Boom. Now, there's we offer tips and ideas to help you prepare for everyday emergencies. And these are issues that someone faces Every day. Absolutely. Now, there's going to be myths generated and mistakes made by misguided preppers. Don't be that guy. We urge you to keep calm and prep on. Why? Stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. You can support the podcast by starting your Amazon shopping from our website. It costs you nothing extra, but pays us a little commission. Just go to www.practicalprepping.info and click on the Amazon banner. 
That takes you straight to Amazon. Just sign in to your account and shop as you normally would. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.